Welcome to the Nerd Party. Want to be a part of the Nerd Party community? Don't forget to like our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash the nerd party and follow us on Twitter at join nerd party. You can also help us by leaving a rating and comment in Apple Podcasts to help spread time and space to other listeners. If you want to contact us, visit thenerdparty.com slash contact, click on our show logo, and leave a comment for us there. Time and Space, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Jessica Nunn. And I'm her husband and co-host, Philip Gilfus. Well, yesterday was Doctor Who Day. It at was. At least for us when we're recording this now. It may have been several days by the time you're listening to this. Probably. But uh, we hope you all celebrated it by watching some Who. We did. We did. We watched The Curse of Peladon. Yes. Uh, yes. Which sounds to me like a bicycle. Right. Uh, third Doctor adventure. Yep. With... Patrick Troughton's son. That's right, David Troughton, playing the King of Paladon. Yes. And so King of the Bicycles. That's right. That's right. Uh, that was a, a four parter. What'd you what'd you think about it overall? Yeah. I liked it. Complicated. Yeah. Had, uh, but not terribly so. Had a return or cameo with the Ice Warriors, um, which I guess they must have first appeared in the with the second doctor. Patrick Troughton. Yep, so there you go. And his son brings them back. Oh, full circle. <laughs> Where there's a trout and there's an ice warrior. It's the old <laughs> saying. It's the old saying, yeah. Yeah. I have it embroidered on a pillow somewhere. <laughs> and then we also saw the trailer for season 12 of Doctor Who come out. Yep. So, um, Which starts after the New Year's special, I presume? I, Fingers crossed? Yeah, the, uh, I mean, it's not official yet, but... Well, maybe it is official. I don't I feel, know. I feel like the New Year's special is official. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's going to be a special as much as it's going to be an episode. At least what I've read, and it could be changed by the time you listen to this, but it seemed to be like the first episode will be a two-parter. So it's not necessarily a special, just as much as an episode will come on New Year's Day and then to be continued. And I forget what, Sorry, I forget what day Doctor Who comes on. It's been so long. Was it Saturdays? Anyway, whenever it comes on. And then, because I don't yeah. know what day the first is. Well, it's, I know it's a Wednesday or something. Yeah, Christmas something is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, terribly inconvenient for those of us who like to travel over the holidays. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, and and the, the Chibnall apparently has been quoted saying it'll be a big, big episode. Big so, episode. That's right. So we'll we'll see. We're looking forward to it. Obviously, they you know announced some guest stars. I'm sure more will come out, and then a lot of the. Uh, a lot of the Twitter, but especially the lady Doctor Who Twitter, have been going crazy for the 13th Doctor in her suit. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. looks quite I assume she's fit. a waiter. She kind of looked, because uh, it was not like a fitted, I'm going to an event kind of thing. It felt a little bit. Maybe that was the Paris 1943 suit. Yeah, which I'm excited yeah, about. Lots yeah. of interesting things. Stephen Fry, going back to World War II. And then... uh 
Yeah, and um, who else? Oh, the guy from ER. I'm sure he has a name. Oh yeah, the French guy. Yeah, I've I've no. This is just me. You know, by the way he was dressed, I, my guess is Harry Houdini, but I have no idea. Oh, fun! Yeah, that's just my random guess. I like a little bit. Of, you know, I like my magicians. That's right. So there is that. Cool. Well, what are we going to be talking about today? Today we are going to talk about the Eleventh Doctor's series arcs. Okay. Yeah, you know, speaking of Chibnall and the Thirteenth Doctor, obviously the uh, first series of his slash hers um, was. Arkless. Specifically Arkless, yeah. And then, I don't know, you know, there's no word about what this next series will be like, whether maybe he'll return to at least what's become a New Who tradition of having a series arc. We don't know. Yeah, we'll but, see. But certainly, um, Eleven was very arc-heavy. Yes. For the most part, and that's what we'll discuss. So, yeah. Well, let's start with his first series, Series 5. Yep. Um, crack in the Wall. Crack. So, yes, uh, this went from the beginning, first introduced with very the 11th first, hour. yeah. Very the, first episode. And then all the way to the, uh, actually, I forget what the last episode was called in that one. But anyway, um, you know, where he reset the time. And then you had the wedding with Am- Amy and Rory. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And she was like, no, I know you. Yeah. Where are you? So, any thoughts about the crack in the wall? Because, you know, the, that was the thing with that first series at the end of every episode. You know, it'd be like they were in Venice, and oh, whatever. Or what do you hear? We've solved the vampire problem uh, in Venice. And then, and then, I think it was like that one's like, "What do you hear? Silence." And then they would Tardis would disappear, and you'd see a crack. And then it'd be another episode, like uh, on the ship with the whale, space whale, and then Tardis, and then be a crack in the wall. And so, what'd you think of the crack in the wall cameo teaser throughout the series? Yeah. Okay. All right. It was a it was a thing that was definitely happening. Mm-hmm. That was sort of a soft. I mean, it would it would be an arc, but it was sort of a teaser. Mm. Like it was kind of like sort of with Twelfth uh, Doctor's first series, where it just have not that we knew it was Missy, but Missy would just appear at the random. Yes. Every time a villain would perish, be like, "Hello, welcome." Yep. You know, to yeah, whatever it was because we didn't know yeah. at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, it sort of got a little hot and heavier during the. Uh, Weeping Angels two-parter, because you had the big crack uh, in the wall, or in the whatever, uh, statutory, or whatever. The, I mean, because it was obviously all yeah, Weeping Angels. That giant cave thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Catacombs, I guess, maybe would be the yeah. best Yeah, yeah, catacombs is probably a good word for it. And then they ended up being in the oxygen farm, which is just the forest mm. of the ship, mm-hmm. and the crashed ship. And then, um, then that was the big crack. And it would, that's when it was sort of introduced the concept that it would erase people from time. Because they had the, the two guards guarding Amy, and one disappeared, and the other guy would be like, what are you talking about? We didn't send anyone. Yeah. And then the other one would go, and, and then so. And then that's when we got that introduced, and then later we would have Rory get disappeared. Yep. In the uh, two-parter undergrounder. Yes. Um, and then we got the final. Well, it wasn't the final. It was no. maybe the same episode when Rory disappeared. I can't remember when it was, but anyway, where the doctor reached into it, the crack. Oh, yeah. And pulled out some debris. Yep. And it was? Part of the TARDIS. Part of the TARDIS. Part of the nameplate, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. call the police. And so, eventually, with that, and it was never really explained in this series that, I don't know, it was even, I mean, that the explosion, the cracks were from the TARDIS exploding. But why was the TARDIS exploding? Why was 
river caught in that loop of the TARDIS exploding wasn't really ever explained other than it was happening. And then we had the timey-wimey two-parter at the end with the Pandorica and Amy and all that. Um, and then the Doctor having to reset time and going back in time and all that. All that. Yeah, so what did you think of that as an introductory ser- arc for that first series? Yeah, I like them. <laughs> I like the arcs. But at the same time, I struggle sometimes to keep up with them. Mm-hmm. And then the, the and whether for ill or for good, whether deserved or undeserved, but Stephen Moffat, I think, has at least the fan reputation of sort of being very timey-wimey with his ideas, yes. with his arcs. It just gets a little complicated or or whatever. And you can agree or disagree, and please let us know, you know, but, you know. Davies, the arcs, I mean, we're not going to go through all of them, but 9 and 10, you know, the Bad Wolf. Again, that's more of a cameo arc. Yeah, and again, I feel like... Vote Saxon, all that stuff. I think the reason that I'm okay with them (laughs) Mm -hmm. is because, even though I don't necessarily... Like, we could go back and watch all of the episodes focusing specifically on the arc, Mm -hmm. and I'd probably be like, oh yeah, okay, yep, got it. Mm -hmm. Even having not done that, even not remembering every single episode where it appears and things like that, I still feel a real sense of satisfaction when it ultimately closes. Right. When we get, and, you know, we talk about it at the end, when we get to the end of Matt Smith's entire oeuvre Uh and all of these things sort of come together and, and I'm like, ah. Either naturally or unnaturally, but yes. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. no, absolutely. And I didn't follow it all the way through. Same thing with Bad Wolf. Right. I did not follow it all the way through. Right. Uh, but there's a sense of satisfaction when it right. resolves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this seemed to be, and this is my opinion, so you can correct me, but at first... Uh, oh, I will. I will <laughs> correct you on your opinion. But this first series arc was sort of a soft arc, like I said. So like I said, you just have this, nothing hot and heavy. Nothing self-referential. I mean, Rory disappears. Right. From time. Midway through the run. Yeah, I'm not sure that's a soft arc. He disappears. And then he comes back. Who's Rory? I wonder how many episodes it was. Because it was uh, the first episode, the first full episode without him was Van Gogh. Because she was crying and not knowing why. And I can't remember how many it was until the... Oh, we all cried at Van Gogh. That's true. So. (laughs) It's tough to have that episode with Rory in it, so. Yeah. Of course, I mean, you could just have it earlier, but anyway. Anyway, moving along. So, but yeah, so overall, you know, on your scale of arcs. Yeah. Yeah. Meh. Yeah, okay. Uh, higher than Bad Wolf. Right. Okay. Lower than the Death of the Doctor. All right. Well, let's get into the Death of the yep. Doctor. All right, so Series 6, we start hot and heavy with that first episode. Um, I don't have these in front of me. This is off, off, all off the top of my head, but I think it's... The Impossible Astronaut? I can't remember what it's called, that first episode. But anyway, um, The Death of the Doctor. Mm. So, um, what did you think watching that for the first time? Is that... On the Lake Silencio... It's when they get all get the blue cards that are numbered. Yes. Is that the one? Yep. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, I loved it. Uh-huh. I thoroughly... I like that whole... Because again... We're bringing some resolution to the whole River Song, right? So you and, know, and without... R- River Song has already been appearing for several seasons now, 
Um, but we're finally about to get, even though we don't know it then, a whole lot of resolution. You know, she has talked in the past about she's in jail for killing somebody, and she openly admits it's a good man. Right, heavily implied. Uh, no, I think she says. <laughs> well, I mean, it's heavily implied who it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and see, I'm not sure that I got Oh, that really? far, well, yeah. She... Um, so all of that, yeah, we're finally getting, we're finally about to start anyway. It still takes mm. a little bit of time uh, to get well. I mean, we get, with the death of the Doctor, with Silencio, with all of that, mm. we get the, the beginnings of it. We figure out why River Song's in jail, but we still have even further to go to get to who River Song is. And of River course, who? River who? And of course, I love River Song anyway, so mm-hmm. this being particularly River Song heavy is a lot of fun. And I think this series, and it's a little, as I'm reading ahead here on the outline, I think this series is probably the most heavy as far as arc, as far as serialization. Like, I don't literally have all the episodes in front of me, but judging by how much we had to jam-pack into this series, yeah. there's obviously a lot, because it's not only the death of the Doctor, which becomes the... The mystery of the of the season, you know, mm-hmm. I forget if they established it, but basically this is a fixed time, fixed point in time, as the tenth Doctor has often explained. Has to happen, and that's so you know we can't escape it. The eleventh Doctor has to die. I'm hand quoting. You can't see. Mm. I can. I and can see it. S- oh, sorry to the cat. Oh, um, right. <laughs> just because he's not looking at us. Yeah, no fair. And then the second one is the mystery of who is River Song. Mm-hmm. Not that we know, but that's also going to be the big arc. That or, well. I guess that was always the question, but this is more heavy, like we're going to answer it. Yeah, we're starting to find those resolutions. And then another sort of sub-question. So the question is, Death of Doctor, the third one is, is Amy pregnant? Yeah. Which is also introduced in this first episode. Yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, that scanner going, you know. And so, but these all sort of all have to come together. So... And again, even with that, begun in Series 5 with their wedding. Right. Um, and then the Christmas special and the honeymoon and come back and yeah. So yeah, it's one of, I can't even imagine what the walls of the writer room must look like. Mm -hmm. Just post-it notes and bits of string tying things together all over the place, (laughs) all over the place. And I don't know how it. And I don't pretend to know how it works, but I don't know if there is there a writer's no, room. No, but there's yeah. got to like it, it, yeah. it, not necessarily an official writer's yeah. room, but the room where Moffat's office <laughs> Moffat does all. It's got to be bigger than that, I right. think, in order to get all of this. Yeah, I just want to kind of see how his brain works that he's able to pin those things. In all the places it gets pinned over that entire arc. I mean, it is very interesting to watch the season, and you, which to me kind of skips, and I guess it's fine, but you sort of have, I can't remember the names off the top of my head, but you have sort of the, not the penultimate episode, but the pen penultimate, you know, the next one before the penultimate episode is the, the one with the maze and the hotel rooms and all that. Oh, right, yeah. And then the one... Oh, and where he sees, but we never know what he sees. Yeah, which is the crack in the wall. Yeah. Which, I don't know. But anyway, um, which we don't find out till the very end. But anyway, then the one after that is back with Craig. You get the sequel to uh, James. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah with the... 
which that sort of is seems like a lot of time has passed between those two episodes because it's like the doctor is sort of doing what the tenth doctor did of like enjoying all of like he's really been putting off this time that he knows he has to die yeah and so it's when he revisits craig and i guess he's maybe he's saying his goodbyes or something um then he's like okay i guess i have to go face it now because um, i think craig is the one who gives him the stetson yep that we then that yes. we saw in the first episode yeah um and possibly also trying to figure out his plan right well, and then to, and then talking with the plan, that's going to leave us to who is River Song. Yes. Um, what did you think when you found out who River Song? I loved it. It's so weird. Uh-huh. Um, but I loved it. I loved that episode, because that's when a good man goes to war. Yes. Is that right? Um, and it's one of my favorite episodes. Partly because we finally figure out who River Song is. Right. Um, and, you know, you get the doctor's cradle, and that's cute, mm-hmm. and River's saying, oh, I can't be there, I can't be there, I can't be there, at the beginning yeah. of it, when they go to get her, and then you get everybody else who shows up, and I just, yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite episodes, I think. And you sort of get all these prophecies starting to come true. Mm. Um, so, like, you know, in the very, you know, in the previous seasons, the silence fall uh the pandorica will open which will all happen in season one um but it's all related to this per se mm-hmm. and then you have i'm trying to think you what was i forget who what was in the prophecy was that you know he will see his greatest victory and then he'll see his greatest downfall or whatever yeah, that, that prophecy yeah. was because and then, just the blue guy's head doctor <laughs> who doctor who when the question is answered silence will fall and yeah silence it, will fall when the question is asked when the question is asked yeah, okay yeah so yeah doctor who doctor and that echoes that you know we mm. hear that again but then so. we get the whole explanation of river song because once we find out who she is i think it's the next episode is let's kill hitler yep when we get the introduction of Mel. Mel, right. And then we get the uh, regeneration, uh, which we had the little little girl regenerating earlier, which was obviously River. Um, yep. Into River. Uh, we get Mel going to River. And then we have the, the what's it called? The test the Tesselecta. The Tesselecta, yeah. Yes, the time-traveling tiny people. Well, I'm sure they're not tiny, but they make themselves tiny to go into the robots. Oh, yes, yes. I was like, what are you on yeah. about? I know what you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, uh, yeah. the war crimes tribunal, I guess, or the law enforcement, the time law enforcement agency, who are coming after River, yeah. Um, uh, and again, an episode I absolutely love because Matt Smith's physical. Oh yes, uh, dying just, and holding onto a cane, and yeah, just phenomenal, mm-hmm. phenomenal. And so, what do you think of the introduction of the Tesselecta and the? Yeah, um, again. Deuce ex Tesselecta at the end. Deus ex Tesselecta. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think, again, that's one of those, you know, little bits of paper that had a piece of string tied to it that, mm-hmm. you know, you go, oh, okay, these guys. Okay, that works. And then they come back and you're like, oh, <laughs> just, just beautiful. Just all the little bits and pieces that you think are one-offs mm-hmm. all come back in. Because I think it takes what um, I'm trying to remember. Because I think it is that episode of Let's Kill Hitler, where they ask him, "Is there anything else we can do for you, Doctor?" And he's like, "No." And 
dramatically leaves or very sad very sad then we get the flashback later to like um, yes actually yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah he comes right back yeah yeah it just yeah now I, how did he make his robot regenerate i don't we won't go into that i guess but anyway does his, his robot doesn't well regenerate. it shoots out the energy and oh, then yeah. gets shot again by yeah well presumably, astronaut river presumably the tesselecta has uh, skills you know i, I guess fireworks down. yeah 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 um but you, like you said, where all things have to come together, which as a writer, a logical writer, that's going to sound weird. But as someone who, when he writes, has to be like, oh, okay, let me ask a question. Does this make sense? How does this make sense? What would an audience member ask about? So anyway, the ganger thing mm. about the, the fake baby, the fake Amy. So then we have to have the two-part where we go to the ganger planet uh-huh. or, or where wherever, the mining or whatever it was. Actually, what was it? Lava? Was it? No, acid. It was acid, whatever they Some were. Some sort of, yeah. Acid, you know, whatever. And so we have to talk about, explore this concept that you didn't know we were going to explore of the gangers of having copies of people. They, mm-hmm. they can be controlled and whatever, which then we'll later use because it's a fake Amy and then it's a fake baby Melody. And so we had to do a whole two-parter just to introduce that concept. Absolutely. I'm just, good with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I almost want to go back and watch it watch the very end Mm -hmm. and then go back and watch it through and pick (laughs) out how often things are relevant that you think are, oh, this is just a one-off episode. Which I remember that not being necessarily my favorite two-parter. Actually, there's a lot of two-parters that aren't necessarily my favorite. Like, even the Under the Earth one isn't necessarily my favorite with the, um, oh, Lord, the Silurians or whatever. I don't think it's bad. It's just not my favorite necessarily. But I'm trying to remember what we were watching. I'm sure it was one of our Blu-rays talking about Matt Smith, but the with the ganger two-parter where there's two doctors and they have to play off each other. Yeah. And so I was talking about Matt's ability to do that, even whether it's I don't know how they filmed it, whether it was someone reading lines or maybe there's an actor in place or you know. But the comedic timing mm-hmm. required to to do that. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah exquisite yes he's a clever lad mm-hmm well we get the last episode or the last two-part episode whatever it is um just can't remember the top of my head but anyway with river stopping time and oh it's, i think it's the wedding of river song anyway i think that's that anyway. but, but anyway mm, that would make sense where, yeah. but we, we bring back some people we bring back winston churchill from the first series mm-hmm. five um, and other people. Again, all the pieces start to come in. And I love the idea that River Song just pops in on her parents. And uh-huh. that's where we get this. Oh, yes. About the Doctor not actually. Yes. Oh, well, yeah, because that's a callback. Because at the end of the episode, she comes back. And she's just come back from the Weeping Angels episode. Because she has her camouflage on. Oh, right. Yes. And, and she's like, oh, that was the first time you had met me, Mom. You know. And then... uh then she's again, again, because they have she, some wine, and mm-hmm. the whole story comes out, and and then then we get the ending, Doctor Who. Yeah, but then which I think was well, before, I thought it was very promising because as high as this whole series had gone, because it's gone pretty epic in my opinion. Mm. Um, big things going on with the universe, you know, especially like you said with. Uh, a good man goes to war, you know, the doctor's greatest triumph. But it was also that whole speech about River gave him, you know, look how big you've become. Did you ever think you would become this big, you know, command an entire army um, and all that. And, and the word doctor in some species means warrior yeah. and all of that, uh, which again is one of my favorite Doctor Who moments mm-hmm. of the realization that 
things have gone a bit awry. And did, and you know, maybe this is underexplored, did they go awry because he still has some of the war doctor in it? You know, is uh-huh. this is this his way? Because, you know, we've talked a little bit about 9 and 10 and how they deal with the time wars. And is this then his, the 11th doctor's way of dealing with it? You know, there's grieving, there's grieving. There's whatever tenant is going through all of that. And then now we're in the angry phase. Right. And I will not let this happen again, even if it means overstepping my bounds in places. Yeah, I mean, that the as you say, I don't know if I would say it's the best episode of the series, but A Good Man Goes to War has so many great parts. And the whole part about the speech he gives to... Um, uh, Colonel Runaway, um, you know, oh, I'm angry now. That's new. You know, and he has to take that moment, you know. Um, and again, I'm going to stop this from happening, even if it means mm-hmm. overstepping. And, the whole and thing. having to have that lesson that you can't do that either. Madam, that, that's not a name, not Vastra, Madam, her name but anyway the eye patch lady yeah i was all, gonna say yeah madam eye patch lady is all like you know oh you know the good man has so many rules and he's like a good man doesn't need so many rules and you don't need to know why i have to have them and you know all that dialogue about you know sort of revealing more about you know he's not this as he always says whether you believe him or not um or her now um that i'm not a hero but um but yeah, I think this is this is sort of the epicness, and I think Matt always has this great thing that you talk about with the vulnerability, you know, whether it's like the single tear coming down or the recognizing his anger, because he is sort of the happy-go-lucky, and he does get angry, but it is always interesting because he'll always sort of recognize what he's feeling and take that pause and that moment. And it makes that shift. He can do that because he has that lovely physicality and that lovely goofiness. Mm-hmm. It means that any shift in another direction doesn't have to be a big shift. Mm-hmm. It can be really subtle, and you still see it, like the single tear. Right. Like, uh, you know, he just does so much with his eyes, and yeah. And his, his forehead, all, you mm-hmm. know, I just I just love him. Just love him. Yeah, and so there was so much going on. I was, I was which was, I don't know, you can love it or, or not, but it's definitely a, a heavy arc. With all these questions and all these developments. But I was sort of almost hoping there'd sort of be a soft reboot next series. Because, you know, it had gotten so big. Mm. But now that he sort of was faking his death, basically, that maybe he would kind of now, in the next series, be a little more low-key. And there like is a, tw- a like little the, like bit the 13th of that. Doctor kind yeah, of, you know. he, he is sort of flying under the radar, nobody needs to know I'm alive kind of thing mm-hmm. for a while. Or at least it's alluded to at times. Mm-hmm. Whatever that means. So then we go into Series 7, which to me was a little, and I don't mean quality-wise, that we could talk about that, um, but was sort of a a mixed bag as far Mm -hmm. as arc. Because to me, you can kind of split it in half, which they do, (laughs) because you sort of have the first half, if you will, which is our gang, the trio, you know, the Doctor, Rory, and Amy. Mm -hmm. Then you have them leave in Manhattan. Yep. Then you have Sad the Snowman times. Christmas episode. So literally the year splits the season in half. Yep. And then after that, you have Clara to the end. Yep. And which the end doesn't count for these purposes, the 50th or the final. Right. And so you sort of get Clara's 
couple episodes before we end it. <laughs> yep. And so with Asylum of the Daleks, I thought not only are we fake the death of the Doctor, but in that, Clara, not Clara, erases his mem- the Daleks' memory of the Doctor. Mm-hmm. So I thought, like, we're really trying this really soft reset, the Doctor being so big. Mm-hmm. Um, so now the dogs don't know who he is, you know, and all this stuff. Um, it didn't really, but there really was an arc in those first couple episodes with the trio, the old trio. Yeah. Not technically, although we do have Clara. Right. You know, appearing, yeah. And mm-hmm. so we get the start of things that are going to, that are going to pay off later. Mm-hmm. Um, although she's not Clara, she's Oswald. Os- Oswin. Oswald. Oswin, yeah. yeah. So you know, we get the introduction of her, as you say, but we don't really get her again until the Christmas special. Right. The snowman. And so that's. Arguably, when the series seven arcs, which is the arc, really is just Clara. That's the arc. Yeah, it's just who is Clara, which I still don't know the answer to that. She's short, um, <laughs> dark, flirty. Um. I shoot you with the water gun, <laughs> but like I don't, I, I don't know. Well, I, I mean, so I think it's a self-perpetuating. You know, in other words. Once she jumped into his time stream and was split up into pieces, it then sort of creates the effect that will then be her jumping the into time. the... You know, yeah. it's sort of, you know. Yeah. So the impossible girl, which, I don't, I don't know. It's fine. I guess yeah. we, we sort of get these... And I don't know. You can tell me whether it's... Um, and I will. Misogyny would be the wrong word. But anyway, you know, we get Amy as the girl who waited. We get Clara as the impossible girl. But it's just women's to be solved, you know, puzzles. Yeah, although... River, even River, is a puzzle to be solved. Yeah, although Rory... He just dies a lot. And, you know, he's the guy who waited, isn't he? (laughs) That's true. So, yeah, yeah, I don't necessarily see it as misogyny because I think Rory gets his own... uh, I think it's a companion thing rather than... Mm. And because the companions... I don't know. I don't know. Because I think that that's particularly, you know, in classic Who, you get a lot of out-of-time companions. Just straight up. Uh, Leela, Jamie, Victoria? To an extent. I mean, yes. Um, You know, you get people like that who are out of time that we don't really get as much mm-hmm. in New Who. I mean, you get a little bit with Captain Jack. Um, but everyone's contemporary to uh, to uh, to the to viewer. our town. Yes, yes. Um, and so this gives us that interesting arc, right? If you will, to it. You know, they're not just the plucky sidekick. <laughs> I'm plucky. Um, there's also a method to it, which I guess gives us that mm-hmm. little extra oomph oomph. Um, and I think all of this impossible girl stuff ultimately resolves at the end of Clara's arc. Right. Um, when she is, when the doctor saves her and sort of holds her in that millisecond of time before her the 12th doctor. final death. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, where she runs off with me. Yeah. And off they go. In their own TARDIS. In their own TARDIS that might or might not look like a diner. Right. So, yeah, I think that this is the the impetus for that whole arc that doesn't fully pay off until Clara leaves the series. And you sort of get a bit at the end, 
I don't know. I don't know. So does this all come together is my question. So we get with the name of the Doctor, which I'm going to just for argument's sake call the end of the the series. Because after that's the 50th and after that's the time of the Doctor. You know, I get it. But just as far as regular TV episodes, you have the Trenzalore and the Grave of the Doctor and all that. Uh And so... It's hinted. Well, I mean, it's not hinted. It's said this is will be where the Doctor dies. I mean, that doesn't necessarily say the eleventh Doctor dies. I no, mean, it doesn't. At that point, we aren't necessarily thinking that. Maybe you are. But we assume because mm. we all know that the Doctor is on his thirteenth. Well, but we don't. I mean, yeah, we, that concept was not introduced. You could have known that. Well, no, because the War Doctor. We don't know about the oh, War yeah, Doctor that's yet. That's true. Yeah. So that's true. I was yes, but let's see. That concept wasn't introduced until the fiftieth. Yeah. Actually, until the... Yeah, anyway. Or maybe it was the one after Well, the that. idea of the 13... Yeah, has already existed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so Just what you're the saying idea, is... Yeah. yeah. We know that, according to canon, his time is ticking. Right. Anyway. There, there aren't many more, you know, if you count the 11th Doctor as regenerating twice. At the very least, tenth we're doctor. on... 10th Doctor. Yeah. Sorry. Then at the very least, we're on 12. Right regenerations we know his time is running short right and as viewers it makes us very uncomfortable mm-hmm. uh, so we know that surely they're going to do something to to deal with that right and I did th- right <laughs> right and without going too deep into the episode if we're just talking broad strokes i did think the concept was interesting that the tardis will you know whatever shape it'll be, you know, when it, at the end, so it was really big, of course. Mm. Um, and then that the doctor doesn't have a body. Bodies are boring. It just comes a little time stream. They'll little, put up a cone or something, you know, yeah, right. anyone can just fall into that. apparently. <laughs> and they maybe do. do several do. In fact, three people do because <laughs> the, the, the great intelligence, okay. The great intelligence jumps in there yep. and then Clara jumps in there and then the doctor jumps in there, and that was just timey wimey. Um, yeah. Because then does that mean that, I don't know. It's, timey-wimey is a thing. It is a place where you leave your reasonable doubts behind. Because <laughs> I guess my, and it's not my biggest problem in the world, but my problem with that is you have the end of the episode with the name of the Doctor, um, where the Doctor jumps in after Clara and rescues her, again I'm hand-quoting, uh, with the leaf, which, whatever, it's conceptual, but I'll go with it. And then we get the introduction of the War Doctor, which is all WTF, but that's its own thing. And then he's like, so let's go. And so I'm like, and the, you know, the 50th starts. And I'm like, oh, well, okay, they're going to have to resolve how they escape. No, we're just... No, yeah. no, you will have forgotten it by the time you watch. <laughs> I'm like, well, they just waltzed out of the time stream and Bob's your uncle. And... Yep, yep. Okay. Yep. And, uh, ooh, John Hurt. I know, that's right. <laughs> okay. It's gone, gone. <laughs> But anyways, but then also with the the, t- um, the time of the Doctor, yes. We started, in good ways or bad ways, I don't know, you tell me. Um, I will. We try to resolve a lot. So, in other words, we have this introduction with the, with the 11th Doctor that in the future or whatever, the church is an army. Fine. Um, and so we have the, I forget what they call her, but anyway, the woman pope. <laughs> That's not yeah. what she's called. But anyway, the great mother or whatever it is, mother superior, whatever she's mother called. Mother superior feels right. But yeah, yeah, you have the the church spaceship or whatever and yep. then we're introduced to that the silence yep. are part of the church yep. because 
get obviously. it. They are confessors, and so you forget about them, and then uh, I, 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 I appreciate that as a concept. I'm like, okay, I can live with that. I can live with that. And then that that they were part of a rebel part of the church, just like we saw with the good man goes to war and Madam, what's her face, Eye Patch, that they were sort of rebellious, you know, sect of the church that then were trying to go back in time to stop the doctor and made River and blah 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 blah, Tommy Wimey. Yep. Though, and I was forget where I read this the other day, but that the uh, you know, so presumably there's well, the silence, and I don't know if that's really what they're all called, but we'll call them that. That are they all? Did they all go with the rebel sect? Because if they didn't all go, what if the good ones visit Earth and now will get shot because the, all humans have been commanded oh, yeah. to kill? Yeah, yeah. They know not to do that. Oh, they just know not kill to the bad do. ones. Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, it's fine. No, they know not to go to Earth. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, no, the humans don't. Planet know. forbidden. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Genesis. Yeah, and I presume they're all naked. The silence of the yeah. humans. The silence. Okay. Why would the humans be naked? That's weird. Not the shower. But to go to church, you got to be naked. That's true. And so, all the silence are naked. What are you doing? The silence part where they open their... They don't have mouths. Don't do that. Please don't do that. And they shoot out electricity. It's creeping me out. And now we have to get divorced. (laughs) Why would the priests need electric shocks? The same reason they need to be naked, obviously. Okay. Well, I can understand the, the metaphorical nature of nudity... But I don't know what the metaphor of electric shocking is. The light. I am the light. I'm going with that. Okay. And not that I don't think that aliens can be part of the church. Because, hey, it's a big umbrella, right? Yeah. But um, I'm, they seem to be the only aliens. No, they're not. Non-humans in the church. How do you know? Just because the others look human doesn't mean they're human. That's true. But there's a lot of non-human aliens that don't seem to be part of it. Well, just not in that scene. Maybe they're more low church yeah. Okay. Yeah. I okay. mean, they have their own. They have their own church. Okay. Okay. Yeah. One assumes. Yeah. Um, it's all grape juice to them. <laughs> <laughs> but then we visit Trenzalore again. Yep. And so, uh, again, I'm not going to think about it too much. Yeah. But there is a timeline where the Doctor didn't get rescued by the Time Lords and just died. Yeah. Let's go with that. Or maybe they just put up a monument. I don't know. Yeah, let's go with that. It's a separate timeline. Yeah. It's the same timeline that Captain America and Peggy Carter are currently in. Okay. But not the same timeline that Loki is currently in now that he's grabbed the Tesseract and disappeared. Buggered off. And buggered off. So those are all different. Now, can you have the Tesseract and the Tesselecta? No, because the Tesselect is too little to pick up the Tesseract. They're only we. I see. I see. Yeah. That all makes sense. Yes. Okay. It's uh, Earth 616. Is that a thing? <laughs> I don't know. That's a thing I've heard before. 305. I'm making this. <laughs> 867. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny's in a totally different timeline. With with the Madame Vastra. And Forrest. Oh, okay. Yeah, Forrest is in there somewhere. He's okay. confused about being in Victorian England, but never mind. Okay. All right. Well, we there's, sort of... There's chocolate. Yeah, well, isn't there always? So, um, <laughs> what do you think of all these arcs? Any particular favorite one or one you could have done without? My or? favorite is still going to be the River Song, mm-hmm. figuring all that out. Um, I'm still holding out hope that they're going to bring her back. 
and figure out how to timey-wimey do it. And I'll be honest, I don't care what sort of excuse they give <laughs> for how, why she's not actually dead or whatever. Uh-huh. I am buying it so that she'll be back. <laughs> yeah, like I say, I think it's beautifully done. I think there are obviously going to be weaker points. Um, why are the silence the good guys now? Uh, uh, what? How does that work? And how do you know that they've even been there? How do any of us know? What's up with that narrator? There are always going to be weak spots where you have to suspend your disbelief. But for me, there's such a delight that there's even an attempt to put a bow on so many of these things that I'm more than willing to, to suspend where I need to suspend. You think... And I mean, I'm not going to totally blame it on Moffat, but during his run, I'll use that umbrella. There is a instinct, and it's not bad, but I'm just saying, there is an instinct to want to fill in a lot of gaps mm-hmm. in Doctor Who. Yeah. Which can be both interesting, right? Like the War Doctor regener- and mm-hmm. the showing the Eighth Doctor's regeneration and, and uh, explaining... I don't know, the TARDIS is a woman, or, or showing that it was Clara who told the first Doctor which TARDIS to choose, which are all these co- kind of cool fan moments. But at the same time, it is kind of fun to have those mysteries that fans can kind of just create their own ex- explanations. And it's also, and I don't know, this is a personal thought, um, how much should the Doctor still be mysterious, and how much should we explain everything? Well, and my hope is, and we probably won't know the answer yet, but my hope is maybe he left holes that we don't know are there yet Mm -hmm. that then somebody else can build up Mm -hmm. in some way, whether they resolve them or not. Because I totally get what you're saying. And I do think they're lovely fan moments. And I don't think that they were all necessarily necessary, but they were a lot of fun. Fun oh, as yeah. well. I mean, I can't think of anything I don't necessarily like. Yeah, and so, like I say, maybe and and if he didn't leave holes, mm-hmm. then maybe Chris Chibnall can. Right. I mean, he already has. I mean, there are still holes that have not. What's up with those weird scarf things? And that's right. What is it? The second episode mm-hmm. of yep. the Thirteenth Doctor. We still don't know. You know, he is certainly starting to create holes and whether or not he fills them or whether or not someone else fills them later on, it's exciting. That's And it'd be interesting to sort of the what are what are the top unresolved questions in Doctor Ooh, Who? That would be like yeah. for instance, I mean, there could be an easy answer, but whatever happened to uh, the granddaughter? Oh right. Oh yeah, Susan. Susan, sorry. Yeah. Her name escaped me for a second. Um I mean she was on well. Up to that time. Well, even now, I guess, technically. She was on Future Earth, you know, during the Dalek invasion. That's where she was left. But, you know, did she ever leave? What about the time Wouldn't war? that be a really interesting place for the 13th Doctor to go visit? Yeah, and who's to say she didn't regenerate? Particularly because or... she's still alive. Presumably. The actress. Oh, yes, I see what you're saying. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, get in there while you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's a fun... Uh, particularly because the Twelfth Doctor had her picture, yeah, her picture and River Song's picture. Yeah, I still think there are a lot of places that if people want to try and fill in holes, they can. Maybe we need to go on some forums. Maybe that needs to be a uh-huh. podcast. Is what are what are some holes that people still 
have. And then who are her parents? Also a good question. And then who did the doctor, if, I mean, because there's a lot of assumptions there, you know, a traditional, you know, yeah. quote unquote traditional. We're assuming that the doctor was a male and had a female and they had children and those children had, you know, and we don't but know. But we don't know for sure. It could be adopted. It, it could be yeah. some other, who, who was knows? the lady who was crying when yeah, exactly. uh, the 10th doctor was dying. There's yeah. still lots of holes yeah. um, that can or cannot be. There's, a, there's still a lot. Still a lot. Yep. And so do you think, did you like sort of the level of, because they're different, different levels of arc that Moffat did. Yep. She had a mid, midway first, heavy second, and then kind of floaty third. Yeah. Yeah, I can live mm. with it. Sure. Yeah. I, I don't have any big complaints. Okay. How's that? Well, about this. About this. No, I've got a whole list of other things. All right. Yeah. Well, with that then, we'll go into the TARDIS library. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Whoosh, whoosh. Whoosh, whoosh. When you close your eyes. I go to the library. Go to the library now. And into the TARDIS library, we're going to be focusing still on Matt Smith, but in another role. Yep. And we're going to be talking about pride and prejudice and And zombies. zombies. So this premiered when? The 21st of January, 2016. And starred, well, co-starred or and uh, featured. I don't know. Featured, yeah. Because it gets an and in, in the yeah. casting. Matt Smith is Pastor Collins. All right, so this is, um, well, I'll leave this over to you with Pride and Prejudice. What's your Pride and Prejudice experience? Uh, I, uh, what are you asking? What is my... Did you ever teach it or just read I, it? No, or... I never taught it. The first time I read it, I was like seven. Right, so you understood everything. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, that's a book. <laughs> I was flexing my muscle, my ability to check out grown-up books from the elementary school library. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I don't think I got it at all. Uh, read it again in college. Uh, I have read it a few times since. Never taught it. Right. Um, it's really more of a sixth form book, I think. But uh, yeah, I like Austin. She makes me giggle a little bit. And then what about Pride and Prejudice versions? What have you seen other than the book? I don't think I have. I mean, obviously, I'm quite familiar with, as everybody is, of the Colin Firth version, um, just because it's got him coming out of the lake in the white shirt, and everybody's like, ooh, Colin Firth's a piece of something, something. <laughs> but I'm not sure I've seen, I was just trying to think, and I, I, don't think I've, I don't think I've seen a stage version of it. I have. Have you? Mm-hmm. I've seen a staged version of Jane Eyre. Does that count? It does not. I also saw, and it's actually, I'd have to watch it again, but I remember it being one of my favorite movies, Bride and Prejudice, which is the Bollywood oh, yes. version. I've seen that. Yeah, there yep. you go. I've seen that. So this um, is the Bollywood version of I've the I've not tale. seen the Kira Knightley, but I'm not a huge Kira Knightley fan. Mm-hmm. So that's not something that made me go, hmm, got to go see that. So I've never read it, but, and even though I saw the stage version, to me, the Bollywood version is the canon. So when I was <laughs> when I was watching this movie, I'm like, okay, I remember these characters based on that the other movie. Fantastic. So like who was who and who was where and who was going what. I love it. Um, and so I, you know, I, yeah. So um, so yeah. Well, let's focus on Matt Smith though. We'll talk about something else that I guess I didn't mean to, but. Obviously, there's another Matt Smith connection in this movie. Um, but what did you think of Matt Smith's role? 
Um, yeah, I mean, he's great. In in a lot of ways, he's very clearly Matt Smith. Yeah. That what we ultimately see as the Doctor, we see pieces of. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in The Crown, I think it's a whole different, I think a totally different character. Right. But I think that Pastor Collins definitely has elements that Matt Smith is going to bring to the Doctor. Because he's the awkward nerd. Yes. Well, the, what would be the, the awkward, awkward evangelical. Yes, yeah, yeah. It was interesting because I Wikipedia'd it. Uh-huh. That's um, because we talked about you know oh do you know who these actors are and no I didn't really know mm-hmm. any of them other than Lily James obviously and Matt Smith um I mean some of the older ones but all the you know Mr Darcy and the other Bennett sisters and yeah. I got nothing for you but I was looking at reviews because this is such a ridiculous concept right um, um and, and you yeah. yeah based on. A ridiculous concept of a book. I can't believe this sort of thing got greenlit. So I was like, what What did people think about uh-huh. it? Um, and they sort of got mixed reviews. Yeah. But Matt Smith got, like, in one review, he was specifically labeled as, oh, he was very good. Uh, which I was pleased uh, for. And I was like, yeah, you. Well, like, he, to me, he's playing the part straight. Like, mm. I, I'm sure there is dialogue about zombies in his role. But he, well, there is with the overturned carriage or something. Mm-hmm. But other than that, he is pretty much more Pride and Prejudice than and zombies. So mm-hmm. he's sort of playing very period piece Austin, you know. So I'm sure whatever British actor must have that skill. You know, you have to do Shakespeare. You have to do period and <laughs> zombies. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. He sort of does play it all straight. There's that slight bumbling, but there's that slight straight and narrow, and yeah. A very, it's a comedic role. Yes, yes. But uh, but you have to be very understated. Yes, and again that even again mm. he can bring the physicality. He can bring <laughs> that broad physical comedy, mm. but at the same time can play this lovely understated. But you can almost see it bubbling in him, mm-hmm. even when he's being understated. Even as Pastor Collins, you could see this awkwardness bumbling under, bubbling under the surface. Like the whole of like, oh, I found your older doc or your older daughter, the most beautiful. Oh, well, she's already spoken for. Ah, well, our second doctor or daughter isn't as bad. Yes, I agree, she isn't as bad. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, yes. Yeah. Yeah, She's lovely, too. And now I'm going to marry her. No? Okay. You know. Yes. Yeah. I just think, I just love Matt Smith. And I did not hate this as much as I thought I was going to. Right. Because the other Matt Smith connection, not that I meant to, is his girlfriend is the starring role. Yes. And, again, I Wikipedia'd it. And it looks like I did not get confirmation. Right. But they filmed this in 2014. Right. Which is when Lily James and Matt Smith got together. So possibly on the so set. quite possibly an on-set romance. And they've been together you know, a bit by this point. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. There was, uh, of course, you know, British press and all that. Mm. There was rumors they may be engaged, but I think that's probably just rumors. Because the ghost is wearing a ring and da-da-da. But anyway. But the point is, they've been together for several years at this point. Yep. You know, whether armed or so, yeah. So as I thought she, she, I've only seen her, I know she's done more than this, but I've only seen her in Mamma Mia 2 and this, mm. and she, and which is both leading roles for her, um, and I thought she was good in both. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. She's, mm-hmm. 
perfectly acceptable. Obviously had to do a lot of training for this role. Yes. Yeah. Because even if she wasn't doing all those stunts, she was doing a good amount. Yep. Of fighting or choreography or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. This is such a weird movie. Mm-hmm. Such a weird movie. But there you go. And it's better than ended on a cliffhanger. That's true. It is better than because I've never read this book, but uh, Seth, whatever his name is, Green, whatever his name is, he did Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, and there's a sequel which I'm put on my Amazon wish list. But the book Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter is very good, in my opinion, very good. Movie crap, uh, totally crap. I don't even remember. Okay. I just remember there being this huge like CGI scene where they're like jumping on stampeding wolves, and I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> this is crazy. This one, I mean, it's a zombie. Well, it's literally what it says. It's a Pride and Prejudice with zombie. Yeah. I mean, like if you yeah, like, yeah, there is. It, it if does you like zombie movies, you'll like it. If you don't like zombie movies, then I don't know. Concentrate on the Pride and Prejudice stuff. Yeah, that's and and they play. The Pride and Prejudice. And I can't decide if I liked this about it. And I think that was the problem with the reviews. That they played the Pride and Prejudice totally straight. Which Uh I think you need to. And oh yeah, there are zombies here. We've we've found different places to chuck them in. So yeah, the tone... I I can get behind it. I'm not sad about it. I don't think you're a zombie movie person. I'm not. I'm not. But I could get behind the concept... Uh If it were consistent. Mm -hmm. And even then, I'm not sure. And maybe that's what they needed to do. Mm -hmm. Because the Pride and Prejudice is funny. Right. And this film didn't do that. And I think a lot of times films don't with Pride and Prejudice. I think a lot of times films don't with sort of older stuff anyway. It's more period and upper yes, crust. It's and more period and upper crust and tight-laced, literally. It's like Shakespeare. People don't think it's all... Uh, yeah, it's not like, and so don't find the funny moments. Right. Even in the... Make it human. Yeah, yes. And so this wasn't as fun. It did have Darcy... Coming out of a lake in a white shirt, though. I appreciated that. I was like, yep, I didn't that's understand. the thing that has to happen. Because I don't know the actor. Does the actor really talk like that? Because if it does, okay, though, odd casting. If he doesn't, weird choice. And to always talk like this. Yeah, I don't know. I was know. like, what, what, what is that? I looked it up, and he's married to someone who is not British. Like, European, and I almost want to say Eastern, maybe even Romania. Uh-huh. And so, appears to do work, some work there okay. now, instead of. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't know him. Yeah. He'd done some things, but, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and is not as prolific. And I think the part that always stuck with me, that, it, and again, not being a Pride and Prejudice expert, but is funny to me. Because I think it's twice they do it in the movie. The Bennett sisters, I don't know what they would have really been doing, you know, uh, needlepoint or something, but they're all cleaning their weapons, all the girls, or like, whatever the women would have done, you know, in Pride and Prejudice, instead they're all cleaning their weapons, you know, in the sitting room there, and so I thought that was very funny to yeah. me. Um, but anyway. Yeah, no, I, I, it was not as bad as I was expecting, well, there you but go. that's that's all I got for you. Yeah, so Pride and Prejudice <laughs> and Zombies, co-starring Matt Smith. Yep. What are we going to talk about next week, my love? Well, next week, of course, will be December. Yes. Finn says, yes, yes, it will. Good eye there. And so guess what we're going to be talking about 
Twelfth Doctor? That's right. And so normally, well, not that we haven't done it before, but normally we don't get into episodes by themselves. But I think there's a Twelfth Doctor episode that deserves its own focus. Okay. And we're going to be talking about Heaven Sent, the episode to basically co-star Peter Capaldi the whole time. All right. And so we're going to be analyzing his performance and just overall the Twelfth Doctor, who's suddenly dealing with Clara's death while navigating a timey-wimey maze for a billion years. Billions Uh, and billions and billions of years. And how Peter Capaldi basically, you know, holds that performance and what we think about that. Cool. Ben's very excited. Apparently. Well, as always, we want to thank Wally and the Sonnenauts for providing us with their jazz Doctor Who-themed tune. And until next week, enjoy the Doctor's many adventures throughout time time and space. This is BBC Television.